4: Welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. You know, I'm just thinking, Louise, that anyone planning holidays abroad to the sun for the next few weeks into September, etc. Aren't they so lucky that they've served their apprenticeship in <laughs> Costa del Ireland?
2: Yeah, they know exactly what outfits to bring, exactly how much sunscreen to use. They have it, Andy.
4: And they have the base tan. There'll be less white-legged <laughs> chickens from Ireland running around the continent <laughs> for the next couple of months for sure. It is just fantastic. But look, folks, today we're going to be talking in a moment with someone who who's packed so many bags, I'd say she just can't remember where it all began for her. But first, Louise, I want to ask you, if you're going on holidays and you're packing, is there something, one or two things you will always bring with you that you couldn't do without?
2: Um, My mug. A mug? Hmm. Just in case you have to have a cup of tea or coffee, my mug.
4: <laughs> yeah, you no, know, no. Hold on, hold on a minute. Have you a temperature? Maybe that's just the heat <laughs> that's getting to you. Are you seriously saying to me that no matter when you would go, you'd bring a mug with you yeah, your, and your own up, mug?
2: I'd wrap it up in a you know a t shirt or something that it won't break.
4: Uh, and that's your own mug, the mug you love. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Anything else? Well, is apart
2: from like books or anything like that, that'd be mm. the most unusual thing that I. would Definitely always bring.
4: a mug with you in your luggage. There you go. Nothing else really that you'd say I have to have that. What about, you know, um, clothes? Did you bring a lot of clothes with you? Footwear? I
2: was a divil. I used to always overpack. Um, but after about three times in the airport being charged for excess baggage, I finally learned. Yeah.
4: Toiletries?
2: Um, Just the bare minimum. I'd normally buy travel size maybe.
4: I've travelled with someone who's brought... <laughs> <laughs> several big shampoos, you know, the big bottles. Oh, well, you stop the lights. I don't want to even so go there. You can easily
2: buy over there. If you really yeah, need, you yes. can easily just run yes. in and get something.
4: that's the thing about it. So the mug for Louise. Folks, is there anything that you take with you for sure when you're going away in holidays? Tea is bags.
2: What? A few tea bags.
4: Do you bring them with you?
2: Well, you know, over on the continent, generally, I found, okay. you know, Earl Grey, or breakfast tea is kind of generally what you might get mm. you don't get the barriers of the lines
4: uh, we have something else it started with a mug now there's tea bags I'm feeling in there. really
2: old now like
4: <laughs> I'm not going to leave our thinking for much longer could be a list the length of your arm here yet folks t- tell us is there something that is a must for you when you're packing anything unusual when you're going on holidays 086 1800 658 WhatsApp or text us to the show and are Let- you
2: talking personal just to are you talking for yourself or are you talking for your kids are you talking for both Yourself, yourself, let yourself, Let's okay. yourself you know what I mean okay. And
4: maybe if you are packing for somebody else, you put something else in But really for yourself, it's on Mostly. a personal basis Well, uh, we're joined now by a woman I wonder if she sat down and taught her many cases she ever packed over a lifetime And never mind the numbers of people she sent on holidays And their cases, Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel joins us Hello Sandra
1: Hi Jerry. how are you?
4: What about this mug and tea bags crack that oh, we're hearing about exactly
1: here? He has some Hate to be doing a passenger list if she lost her
2: bag, and priority was her mug. (laughs) You mean you'd love it because it'd be less hassle for you? (laughs) I hope you take your bag on board, Louise. (laughs) I have done in the last number of trips, yeah.
4: Yeah, it is. It's becoming a thing, all right. Sandra, do you ever come across that? Like uh, before we get into the meat of what we're going to talk about, you know, people who insist on having something with them or things unusual, or is it is Louise unusual?
1: Yeah, God be with the days. People used to go to Kiran's and get the sausages and rashers, you know, vacuum packed to take on holidays. <laughs> <with
4: them. laughs> oh my, oh my, Sandra! You you couldn't now. You couldn't do anything oh, like that. You could? Couldn't do like no. anything like
1: that now. You're not allowed to take them through <laughs> different countries and cultures. <laughs> and- yeah, no, definitely
4: not. <laughs> when you think about it, oh my God almighty. Sandra, look, in in a general sense, uh, you have plenty of people heading off on holidays the coming weeks and months. Um, putting luggage in the hole, checking in bags, is it? Is it, you know, becoming less and people just uh, taking what they need? It's less
1: and less and, and airlines are charging more and more, you know, to try and uh, dissuade people from checking in bags to a degree.
5: Hmm. Ryanair
1: was a pioneer of it. So Ryanair charge you to take it on board they charge you to take it in the hole
5: mm. they charge you
1: for everything yes Erlingus at the moment if you have a 10kg bag and that's all you want to travel with if you want to take it on board they're charging you 18 euros round trip if you put it in the hole they're charging you're charging you nothing so I, I can't see the logic in it because it's less handling yeah for the passengers if you're taking it on board mm. but then again there's only so much overhead space yes you know, if you've got 160 or 70 passengers on a flight and you have 160 bags, there'd be nowhere for us to sit.
4: Mm. Yeah, so that's an issue for the airline, certainly, as well. And I'd noticed that. I haven't been away in a while, but that was a thing I noticed, even picking up pace the last few times I was away. It was a divil. There were bags then being shoved into aisles and up at the top and the back of the plane.
1: Yeah, and even, Jerry, like, you know, preparing to go to the airport, you're hearing the warnings of if you're travelling with bags, give yourself three hours. Three hours on a flight at seven o'clock in the morning, if you've two young babies travelling with you, you know. That's leaving your house at 3am, whereas if you're taking 10kg bags and you can manage it, and you can manage it with children, Mm. um, you only need two hours.
4: Yeah. So that's interesting the difference between Aer Lingus and Ryanair that Aer Lingus really now encourage you to put the uh, bags in the hole for free. But Sandra, this problem of lost luggage, why has it all of a sudden become such a massive problem problem? Is it again down to, it's staffing? Down to
1: staffing? Staffing. Yeah, it's just enough simple, people, you know, yeah. and uh, one of my colleagues here in the office was on a holiday to Rhodes recently and her flight was delayed by 24 hours and then she eventually got out the next day. And as we're sitting on the flight, they were told by the cabin crew that 50% of the bags won't make it. You know, you're told, so you're sitting on a flight for four hours and you're wondering, am I going to be one of the lucky ones? Yes. And half her bags arrive and half didn't. You know, so the the trick is if you're traveling with a family and you are checking in bags, mix up the luggage, you know, mix up, you know, the the children's and the adults' clothes divide them between two cases that there'll always be something there for somebody and in the hand luggage you know, take enough that will do you for 24, 48 hours as an emergency if you are one of those people who like to check in bags
4: And, and Sandra, the end of that story, did she eventually get the bag?
1: Uh, she got the bag on the Tuesday, the day before she was due to come back
4: Oh no isn't yeah. that desperate altogether. Yeah, yeah. Do you see it improving as time Yeah, it's well? definitely
1: improved. The month of from mid-July there's been a huge improvement and for the last sort of 14 days we've had little or nothing. Your, okay. your bags always go missing. Mm. And the more connections there is for a passenger, the higher the risk if it's point to point Mm. You know, like a Dublin Malaga or a Dublin Lanzarote, you know, there's less chance of it happening if people are going to the States and they're connected through New York, places like that, mm. yet then it, there, it, there's more of an increase
4: Uh, Declan Bailey was with us recently as well and uh, on the IT front and he just recommended the Apple AirTag that people should consider if you put it into your bag you can always track where your luggage is Yeah,
1: my kids are travelling at the moment and they've all purchased them Yes and they found them to be great they know exactly where the bag is so it's a great idea if you're in check bag and if you're going long haul and you need it like people going for weddings you know you need that outfit like the amount of overseas weddings that are going on at the moment
6: mm.
4: you
1: need to pack for the wedding but i would recommend to anyone make sure the wedding outfit is in the checked in luggage or in the hand luggage
4: yes that's a, a very good piece of advice as well um when you uh, go to the airport you know the um the smaller bag you bring you, you say you want to bring one into the cabin with you Um is there a weight restriction on that, yes?
1: Yeah, it's 10 kilos, and the likes of Dunn stores and pennies, they're selling all these weight-like, uh, weightless cases now that only weigh less than a kilo, or 1.2 kilos. So you still can fit a fair bit in. Into it. The trick is, things like sun creams, uh, toiletries, you can buy them. Buy them in the duty-free, mm. or buy them when you arrive in resorts.
4: Mm. and uh, the the size of the bag the, the, that's pretty clear you can just check that out and make sure your bag fits it within has the size it to side. fit the
1: dimensions Yes. Ryanair have a wee box you know when you're at the yeah. airport and they do check it Erlingers are not
4: so restrictive so uh, tough on it right and um, toiletries just come back to that again because uh, uh, we were talking myself and Louise about this and toiletries to a minimum so sure, you can if you're going to a hotel or staying in a place there's going to be loads of stuff there you can Absolutely. use anyway and you can
7: buy and
1: 100ml bottles you're allowed 5 100 ml bottles yeah so the ladies keep it to the small bottles of perfume otherwise they'll just seize them off you at the airport don't be buying big bottles in the duty-free going through because unless you use them when you're away they're going to take them off you on the way back and even if the bottle is a 250 ml bottle and it's half full they'll still take the bottle off you
5: mm. so
1: just be weary what you're buying going through the duty-free when you have to return
4: uh, it, and, and, and again, you know, like a lost bag, say your bag, like your, your, uh, your colleague there, when the bag is missing, what's the procedure if there's no bag at the airport and you go to your destination? How can you chase it up or what first happens? The thing
1: you have to do, Jerry, is when you arrive at your destination, if your bag is lost, you must make a baggage claim, uh, fill out baggage claim indemnity form, and that will give you um, a tag number. So there's an international website called Lost My Bag. So when you've got that tag number, you can go in and keep checking to see if the airlines have updated it. In Jenny's case, the bag never left Dublin. It was still in Dublin and eventually was left to the destination. We were able to track down by the tag number that it was still in Dublin. And that's how the bag was able to be repatriated to her. So once you make the baggage claim report, you'll get a tag number. And if you don't have that tag number, you have no chance of getting a bag back.
4: Uh, have you ever seen an instance where it's gone on for an extremely long time or never been found?
1: Oh, absolutely. Never been found and bags going around the world in 80 days and eventually getting it maybe two or three weeks later.
4: Oh, God, I know that feeling when you're standing on the old uh, baggage escalator. Well,
1: I do, Jerry. when I check in, if I am checking in a bag, I take a photograph of the baggage tag that I have that in case it goes missing. Yes. So I've got that on my phone, so that's one thing I can produce to the airline. Well, this is my tag number. This is what I checked in. And that makes things very simple.
4: Very good. James is on. He's uh, listening to you there. He said uh, his brother was heading back to America recently, had difficulties with his bags. He arrived in the States. They didn't. James called up the airport here uh, to see if he could do anything to retrieve the bags. And he wants to say he was treated with the utmost respect by Aer Lingus. Uh, They did retrieve the bags and DHL the bags to his brother in New York the next day. A happy camper. That's good to hear, isn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, no, in fairness to Aer they are very good. Like, you, there's a van you'll probably see going around town most of the time and it delivers the bags to your home. So, like, if they lose the bags and it's within so many hours, they will repatriate the bag to your home location.
4: Okay, so that's that's good to know as well. Here's another one. There, Jerry, I was travelling lately and I checked in a few days earlier, but due to a technical issue, couldn't get the boarding cards till that morning. hundred and ten euros extra, I was charged.
1: Mm. Oh, well, that's strange. One, well, she must have been travelling with Ryanair, if that's the case. Mm,
4: that's, because it's,
1: they are charging for reprinting boarding cards. Airlink uh, does have a facility as well. It's uh, if you have an early flight before twelve o'clock. Uh, You can drop your bag the night before. So we're only 25 minutes from the airport. So if you're traveling with kids and you want to alleviate the amount of time you're checking in on the day of departure, Mm. uh, one of the passengers can go to the airport with one or two passports and check the bags in and collect the boarding cards the next
4: morning okay so that's uh, that's interesting too in in, in a general sense uh, uh, is the airport itself and all the issues there is that uh, finding its way to resolution too uh, yeah you
1: know know, it's it's back to things getting a little... There, there is still queues in security, and they are slower, but it's compared to what we experienced on the last week in May, it's improved tenfold.
4: Mm. Uh, Louise wants to know, Er, Louise, uh, d- 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 would, would it be Sandra's opinion that for couples, the women do most of the packing for the boys? Would that be right?
1: Absolutely. They don't even know what's in the case. <laughs> <laughs> so if they lost it, they couldn't make a list. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Sandra, I love it. That's fantastic. It's a man's world, isn't it? There's no d- <laughs> There's no doubt, about it. and that's another thing uh, that certainly <laughs> bears it out. Just before you go, um, availability now, uh, end of the month into September, sunshine destinations. Yeah, what's that? Well, like? like
1: after having this lovely weather this week, there's sort of a week left for countdown before kids go back to school. Yeah, so there is some availability. The tour operators are hiking the prices, and the likes of Turkey and morocco that were always the sort of the cheaper ones for the month of september there is availability a little price here the likes of the canary still a bit of value to be got there and still some availability for september and
4: october good to hear listen you're uh, very obliging thank you so much for joining us thank today you, take to care to yourself you. bye-bye. bye-bye that's sandra finnegan there from globe travel in drahada Globe Travel dot ie. of course you can call into them as well there have a chat if you have plans for the weeks ahead, Louise isn't that great. Your your question is brilliant there. So you reckon, boys? Yeah, you see that you're on the money. You're on the money. The lads wouldn't know. Isn't that great? Sandra says they wouldn't know whether it was missing or not. Make no difference to the boys.
2: No, no. She, they they just go out and buy whatever, <laughs> anyway. It's anything they do, all they need is uh, shorts. One pair would do for two weeks.
4: I was thinking about you know um, minimalistic versus maximalistic. Is the is the other end of that? You know, people who bring far too much, and others who bring little. And I do remind people again of our own. Frank Winters, when we went to London with the lads from LMFM, and I think it was the most minimalistic <laughs> I've ever, ever experienced. Frank just brought his toothbrush.
2: That was it. <laughs> Not and even toothpaste.
4: Just the toothbrush. He knew he'd bum a little pearl of toothpaste somewhere <laughs> along the line. <laughs> So he did. But that that certainly is the other extreme. Um, you you were also saying to me that you have a, actually a, a, a good, a good tip as well for people with children and their clothes.
2: Yeah, well, it just depends on if they're going on holiday, say in August, mm. not not really in May or June, but in yes. August. Um, what I used to do was that when the kids um, pack the summer clothes, that they're going to grow out of, that they're almost grown out of because it's August, September's going to hit, you're going to put it away and next year they're going to be too um, small for them. So pack the ones that are, you know, almost, they've almost grown out of, they get the wear over there and what you do is then you leave the clothes over there. You get a clothing bin or whatever, you leave them there.
4: Okay, and put them into the recycling system over there and you don't have them. Or
2: bin the shoes or whatever and then just come back and you have an empty luggage to, you know, that way it doesn't stop you if you only have bringing one little case that carry on. It doesn't stop you buying stuff over there to bring home.
4: Bring back with you. Interesting. That's a, 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 a new tactic on me I never heard. And this thing of people sending stuff forward on holidays, bigger yeah. items,
2: yes? I've heard of that. Have um you? With kids as well if um, because of obviously the charges for extra and you know the things that they bring out in the pool, the inflatables. Mm. And they can be quite bulky. Mm. So I've heard of people if they're staying, be it a hotel or be it you know, an apartment, they will either get the person over there to buy it for them or else they will post them over. It's actually less than if you were to be charged. <laughs> and then over there, you've often seen, if you land on, um, you know, a campsite or that, yeah. that you're staying and you're, well, you've are you arrived and there's people going home the next day and you'll often see their children are outside um, their little, you know, motel or whatever it is and they have a, a table and the table is full of buckets and spades and stuff and and they're selling them for 50 cent or a euro so that you can get it rather than buying them over there. Yes. Over there. You just buy them a cheap and then mm. they go home with a few little pocket money and then you do the same when you go.
4: I still think you're unique. I've always said it here, yeah. you are unique. The true way the mould... I won't be selling them mug for 50 cent. The mug, cent. yes, the mug and the tea bags. There's no... No, and anybody else out there Bring something with them on holidays That they love and will always bring with them If you're listening to us today We'd love to hear from you 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text Friday afternoon on Late Lunch And it's time for this
7: Great! I love
6: TV We watch TV? TV! Here we go.
3: TV themes TV themes with Jerry Kelly On The Late
6: Lunch Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV.
7: Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curves flattening the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way
4: is the number you need Text or WhatsApp us That TV show is a famous, famous one what is the name of the show for a lovely prize from us on late lunch this afternoon? Don't mention nothing about the characters yet. We'll give it away, Louise. We'll give it away. We start. We'll start. we mention we'll talk about the characters a little bit later on. What is the name of the TV show that theme is from? Please, Louise, I have to tell the listeners and put my hand up. I thought you were alone. Yay! You, <laughs> you are not alone. No, you're not alone because our Karen Healy just popped in to say, I bring me mug and me tea bags on holidays too.
2: (laughs) Me and Karen are going on holidays next year together. (laughs) Yeah, a
4: pair of mugs with their tea bags (laughs) heading somewhere near you. Warning, warning, (laughs) warning.
2: Though there might be something else in the mugs.
4: <laughs> oh, I'd say so. I'd say so. I'd say the tea bags wouldn't go down well with the concoctions you'd be enjoying <laughs> on your holidays for sure. Yes, interesting indeed. Coming up at late lunch in a while, we are meeting former Leeds United physio Alan Sutton and he's over in Ireland for a very special reason. We have your comedy on Friday. Tara Walker's here to rustle up another summer salad and it is a classic from Italia. David Sheehan does the sport and I bring the curtain down on the Spice Girls. No more talcum powder, Miss uh, Walsh. No more talcum no powder. No
2: more, no, from next year, isn't it? Is it? Mm, they're getting rid of it anyway. Completely.
4: Yeah. No so, talc. No so you'll talc. be chaffed and chipped and so All sore. the people
2: that used to use it on the babies for the nappy rash, yeah. for the hair, for before the dry shampoo and yeah, for all the cyclists that use it. It in the shoes. It used to be very versatile, wasn't it? Wh- wh- why is it gone? Why is it being withdrawn? Did I you... think there's questions over the ingredients. Oh in and it? Yeah.
4: So what's the alternative? Are we back to Vaseline?
2: I think
4: Vaseline <laughs> and the Sudocreme. <soda> <laughs> oh, the Sudocreme! you can't beat it. Made in Ireland. Our own, our very own. I'm getting bored with this weather forecast now. Hot, dry, sunny again today with highest temperatures of 25 to 30 degrees generally. A sea breeze will help us along the East Coast to keep it slightly cooler. A warm night, no more sleep again this evening Temperatures not falling below 13 to 17 degrees Who could get tired of a forecast like this? My next guest on Late Lunch today Arrived at Ellen Road, Leeds On the 22nd of August 1986 27 years later 18 managers later He hung up his boots. He didn't play for them, but he was the Leeds United physio for all that time. I am delighted to welcome to Late Lunch, Alan Sutton. Alan, welcome to the show.
7: Great to be here, Jerry.
4: And tell tell our listeners this. You're over in Ireland for a very special reason. You've just published a book quite recently called Alan Sutton, My Journey, Pavement to Premier League with Leeds United. But why are you in Ireland with this book? Tell us.
7: (coughs) I'm in Ireland with Ireland because... Many years ago, well, I'm saying many years, 15 years ago, I was involved with Gary Kelly, as everybody knows. And Gary, what people don't realise, just what a generous person he was, and a great, every, great character to have around the club. And when he actually did his testimonial, I think it was 20 years ago against Celtic, then obviously he donated. I think it was through what happened with his sister. He bought her, uh, a place in Drotterie, his hometown, and uh, to set up a, a cancer centre, and obviously in his name. Then about five years later, uh, I got involved with uh, Gary when he decided to retire. And although things weren't the best at the club at the time for Gary and several other people, but I thought it was fitting that we should at least have a tribute night for him. Me and a woman called Mary Lally, uh, obviously we were virtually the only one allowed to do anything, but I did at that time get little people giving me a hand, uh, one or two from Irelandville, especially like my good friend Matty Rice, who uh, helped us from the Irish side, who I'd met previously. And uh, so we had this fantastic night uh, in Gary's Honour, and, you know, some great, great people came, raised a lot of money, but also, at the same time, I ended up meeting the people by that time who would already started working, like Anne Tracy, and obviously, I think, Dexland, his brother-in-law, and all and them, they yes. were all heavily involved. Got to know them there, came over, uh, when they had another night for Gary, at, uh, about a month or so later and obviously I got taken around the Gary Kelly Centre and it always stuck with me and that was 15 years ago always stuck with me uh, great people you know and the cause everything and so when uh, after years and years of people asking me how do you go from being a flagger and curb builder and winning championships at Leeds United uh, then when the Covid started I decided right what, my wife said look this is going to go for a long long time Uh at that point, I said, right, through the help of one or two people, I thought I'll put pen to paper. And just put down mainly... Well, mainly to start with, for my grandkids who live in Australia, Alex and Seb, uh, uh, more or less for them, a, a bit about my life. Because as everybody knows, everybody later on in life said, oh, I wish I'd asked my parents about this or about that. Just to give them an idea. So I got started. Me being me, I could only do it in longhand. And uh, fortunately, I got my, uh my nephew's wife, which is obviously my niece, she said, uh, do you want me to do it in proper English for you? Because you can imagine with my voice (laughs) and my accent, do you want me to do it in proper English for her? And I said, that would be great. And so I think I spent, from the March to the August of uh, 2020, got basically together after 950 pages, about 200,000 words, but don't get me wrong, Jenny, as my daughter says, Dad for every 100 words that you write, I could write 20 words and still say the same thing. You do go around the houses. <laughs> but, yeah, not wrong with that sometimes. Uh, and, that one, and then uh, a publisher, I'm looking to self-publish, just from a, a publisher just came back and said, look, you're four decades at Leeds United. If you could just redo it again, mm. uh, cutting down from 200,000 words to about 100, which, right, fine, and uh, make it into a sporting one, we'd be looking to, uh, you know, uh, publish it. And at that point, I was in Australia at my daughter's house and we talked about it and said, yep, fine. But also decided that any money it made, we're going to go to charities. And when I did with Adam Pope on Radio Leeds from Australia, and, I said, and he said, right, what's the charities? I said, uh, Sarcoma UK, because a local lad in the village where I live, I live in Yorkshire Dales. He died of cancer a few years before, 26-year-old. Uh, Morton Jordan. Uh with Robbie Burroughs who everybody knows but also yes. uh Don Revy, he died of, and people forget about that. I revel in ball with uh, tribute night for him. And of course, without a shadow of a doubt, it had to be Gary Kelly Cancer Centre in uh, in Ireland because I've obviously I've never ever forgot the wonderful people that uh, I met and uh, and obviously Gary Kelly himself. Uh, people forget you know obviously was 15 years ago when he retired at Leeds but I I was involved with Gary a lot of I've seen a lot of things he did you know for especially not just the Irish players because at one time I think we had half a Dublin uh, at our training ground you know lads and, yes. and even today you know in fact I've just been speaking to Stephen McPhail and people like that and you know absolutely wonderful people but also everybody and, and we had one or two little sad times at Leeds you know Unfortunately, one or two members of staff would have died and Gary were there to to help everybody. So and, and he everything.
4: gave a lot when he was there and now you're giving something back. And I just want to say that this evening Alan Sutton will be in the D hotel in Drahada at seven o'clock. Yep.
7: With some books. With plenty of books and we want plenty of people there plenty of people there and plenty he's going pretty.
4: to regale you with stories about yep. all those years yep. at Leeds and the book is a snip it's been published it's a cracker I've had it for a couple of days and it's just for any Leeds fan it's a must for any soccer fan sports fan it's a great read and for 20 euro and all proceeds going oh, yeah, to the yeah, Gary yeah, without,
7: Kelly yeah, yeah, centre I provided all the books to go to the Gary Kelly centre and your point were the easiest way to do it and then all the proceeds what they sell goes to the Kitchen centre um anyway
4: the the book itself i don't want to give away a lot about the book to be honest with you but look i mentioned to you 18 i've done the total for you i, I said to you i said to you uh, 18 managers yeah. 18 yeah. managers that you have worked under at leeds but you made a point to me before i went on air tell them what you said to me
7: well what i said to it is it an 18, 18 managers, but actually in the first 10 years, there were only two managers and that were Billy Brennan. and now Wilkinson. Then after 16 years, there were just four managers, that were George Graham and of course David O'Leary, who were spent a lot of time with both as a player and obviously him being manager. And then of course, as you pointed out rightly Jenny, after that it seemed like we had about 104 managers. <laughs> yes, absolutely. At that point.
4: <laughs> it went all over the place, it really did. But tell me this, Howard Wilkinson was there, of course, you won the first division, the championship we won in the England. the
7: second division and then first division. First division. two. Years. Years in a row? No, no, no. A year to, between. To, to between. Two, two between. Yeah, two out awesome. of three. Yeah. yeah,
4: But to win, you were there when they won the second division. Said the first, but that was the last first division championship before the Premier League was established.
7: Yeah, that's right. It during that season they're already having meetings and everything to form a new league called the Premier League. Mm. And and uh, as everybody says, unfortunately for us, a couple of things happened uh, that season. A, they changed the back, back pass rule. And we seem to suffer from that. Yeah. And also, people forget we were only two points away from getting relegated. I think we're the only team that actually, defending champions nearly got relegated... The, the, the next public, season. Next season. Yeah. So, you know, and uh, so really, and then, but to be fair with Al Wilkinson, he will allowed to keep the job, which nowadays I doubt that would have happened. Mm. And of course he went on to build another team that got back into Europe again.
4: He was the longest serving manager that you served under. But when you look at the list of others, who else stands out? Was Wilkinson your number one? Your favourite man to work with?
7: Uh, oh. I wouldn't say he was my favourite manager. <laughs> yes? right. He, uh, I wouldn't say, working with Willie Brenda, my first ever, that was. he wanted you to start, For me, jury. it was about the people I dealt with. Wilkinson changed him, and it needed changing. Mm. Right? He brought in new training regime, everything, and it all needed changing. And not only that, the player, like, bringing Gordon in, Gordon's tracking. And I think even... Like people like Gary Kelly really benefit right from Mum and Gordon because I think Wilkinson made sure that Kells stayed when they were rooming away. Right, your first roommate, he Gordon gone. because he'll educate you. Yes. And that and that was that was a fact. Look, what our Wilkinson did were absolutely brilliant. Mm. But dealing with people, right? Dealing with people. Billy Brenner, he was uh, he, he, he he was somewhere else. You know, it was all about the the bars. We're all about everything. But but the times he used to come into the into my medical room, he'd sit down, cross his legs, smoking a cigarette, and he start telling his tale a story. For which a, a lot of people were reading the book, because I still remember all them yes, stories. Yes, and they're in the yeah, book. Yeah, and they're in the book. And so he Billy be Bill, like that. Then afterwards, obviously, uh, George came and I I really enjoyed George Graham, you know exactly where you stand. It's one of them if you had to go yeah, you made sure you didn't do it again. And of course, David O'Leary was very, mm. very fortunate because, uh, as a player, when he was a player at Leeds, and he had quite a few injuries, I used to go running with him every day, so I got to know him personally, as a person, everything. And when he became manager, look, I like, you always have the good times and not so good times. And one or two of the videos, what came in over me after that, the one, you know, as far as I was concerned, they were just trying to probably get rid of me. But David O'Leary always stood by me, yes, and he made sure I always stayed at the club.
4: And you, you nearly won the Premier League with And
7: Yeah, nearly won the Premier League. Obviously got to the semi-final at Champions, yes. Champions League which again... Man, as years have gone on, they probably found out they did it with money they didn't have. <laughs> and then, as, as Richard Hill said, we lived a dream and then everybody else lived a nightmare. That <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's a fantastic saying, or, a real a real nuanced way you to know, put it so, for sure. Uh, yeah. But you know, when you're in there, as you say, good times, bad times, difficult times, a plethora of managers after the first four, yeah. the first two in particular yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, but you just got to do your job,
7: you know. No matter what, who comes or goes. Listen, at the end of the day, it's getting them players across that white line, and you know, and not just pushing them across the white line, but it was between me and I think that was the thing. Possibly, maybe from my background, as I said, from the building work and my own building business, mm. dealing with people. It, it was, and people forget this. It wasn't just my decision. It wasn't just a doctor's decision. The player himself had to be happy as well. Mm. You know, between us, we said, right, once you go across that white line, no turning back. No, oh, after two minutes, oh, I don't like to think that. You know, but that would have touched what you had with the players and like
4: yeah that relationship, yeah, that relationship, that relationship track and Strachan says it yeah. in the book without you he may not have been able to play or stay with Leeds or perform as he did and he gives you the credit for that
7: well yeah I mean like like anything else Gordon but he also hammers me to start with <laughs> uh, right <laughs> the big so, Gordon, so that's why I wanted Gordon I asked him would you forward it because the thing is with Gordon Strachan you're going to get the truth yes. about me you know <laughs> right, you say right on the one hand yeah I, I could have killed him after them running sessions but on the other hand he said when I, you know when I wrote my lowest thing he yes. said i would there for him which for now for him to say
4: it must be great when you get a player over that line and you work with a player who has a serious enough injury yep. and you bring them back and then there's the ones i'm sure you've seen it if you had it over the years that the injuries are just too great, they don't yep. play again. That's very tough, isn't
7: it? Yeah, and, and I always felt also for the younger players yeah. because they sometimes would injure with a bad injury at a bad time mm. and probably where they were going from like the juniors into the reserves and things like that and it cost them and then eventually they just didn't quite make it, you know. Mm. And I always, and it would all lend that you, you thought, well, if you hadn't had that then, it could have, you know, it did actually limit him from there.
4: I'd say you have some stories that are probably not in this book. Your ears have heard everything in that dressing room. For those, look at all
7: those years you were in there. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, there were some, there were some stories I, I just, I'd love to write about, but I come from probably yeah. legal reasons. Do you have a favourite memory? I've got loads of favourite memories. Of to course. pick
4: one for us today, tell us. Pick even one that you uh, winning the league, winning the championship,
7: winning the league. I've, and when you're two leagues I don't think you realise what you've done until like now mm. and it's what people think look what people forget you know they talk about Leeds United now I know at the moment I oh, was down there over week they've got a waiting lift of 20,000 people for season tickets for Leeds United that's now Yeah. but when I went the average gate was 12,000 Now, if I said to a Leeds uh, Leeds United fan, oh, by the way, when I went there in 1986, the average gate was 12,000. Leeds United were rock bottom, really, Mm. nearly bottom of Second Division. So if I said... You want a season ticket? We we'll virtually give you one just to get people in. <laughs> We'd pay you to come Now, in. <laughs> now you you know you can't you know you can buy gold better than what uh, than what
4: you come on a season ticket. <laughs> oh, like. fantastic! And Tracy's listening to all this, sitting with us here in studio, and from the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre, come into that microphone there. This man, his gesture, what does it mean to you?
5: Uh,
0: do you know what? Alan's associated with the charity way, way back. And it's so gorgeous to have that continuance 20 years down the line. And um, his generosity, he sponsored all of the books. So every sale in Ireland is uh, is 100 percent back into the charity. And um, Alan was with us this morning and saw some, something of what's thankfully happening back in the centre post Covid. Hmm and the importance of fundraising. But Alan, through our association with Alan and connection with Alan, is is lifting the profile of the charity as well. A little bit of, um, I suppose, our anonymity Came into four because of COVID. We were not active. We were not out there. We're like so many other mm. groups and charities and organizations, and they were trying to COVID, COVID didn't do away with cancer. It just hit it. Yes. And it's it's more. It's the demands for the services in the center are more needed now than ever. Mm. And the challenging times for fundraising this year are, we thought COVID was bad, but there was a little bit of government funding out there. There is nothing there this year. So every book that Alan says, that's the Euro comes back into us. And it's a really good read. I had a little flick through. I don't know an awful lot about it. I do know. <laughs> did you tell them the story about the statue, Alan?
7: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you and right. Actually, uh, again, going back to Gary, Gary Kelly. In uh, uh, 2006, they had a surprise 60th birthday for me, right, in uh, in a hotel in Leeds. About 150 people turned up, a lot of the ex players. And at the end of it, uh, and Gary Kelly had done this, or I think he put them on, they they did a a, a brass statue of me, right, like, but me, like, with a, a, a bag, as if I'm running on a football pitch. And as the years have gone on, I'm thinking, is that me or is that Gandhi doing anology with a bag? Because <laughs> you look more like Gandhi than me. But then again, you know, with my ball head, I won't bring you. And it, honestly, and it's, uh, so, uh, you know, I've got a laugh, but we've got it there in the house. and, and even, treasure uh, it. <laughs> you you know, treasure brilliant. it.
4: Folks, I have to leave it there today. Seven o'clock tonight, D Please. Hotel.
0: Yes, absolutely. Please come along. You'll enjoy the crack, the stories, the reminiscences. Yes. Alan is our guest there. And. Yes, buy a book if you feel like it, but we just come along and enjoy the evening. And
4: meet this man, and there'll be other surprise guests I know showing up as well. Congratulations on the book, Alan. Thank you. You're a great man, and your generosity is going to help so many people. For the moment, thank you both for joining me on the show. Thank you. You you Take care. Bye bye. The Mop Turtles. Can you dig it? We're not digging much in the garden This weather's it's rock hard at the minute for sure You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and Now the weather Let's have a laugh about the weather In the company of Jim Gaffigan and Mr Peter Kay Knock knock, who's there? That's how it works It's called comedy Comedy Comedy, comedy Comedy, comedy sir comedy.
3: comedy Classic comedy Classic comedy On the Late Lunch I love comedy Lovely weather out there. <laughs> I prefer the cold to hot. I do. I know that's surprising looking at me, given I, I look like a snowman. But I prefer the cold. You know, last summer I was in Las Vegas, it was 114 degrees. 114 degrees. You can actually hear the sun at that point. <laughs> I didn't feel safe. I was like, are we supposed to be here?
6: <laughs>
3: 114, like you're never at a friend's house, you know, warm in here. Yeah, you know, I the thermostat to 114. <laughs> That's how I like it. I'm part lizard. <laughs> Thermostats don't even go up that high. Meat thermometers do. <laughs> I think God is just cooking people in Vegas. <laughs> oh, want smoking. I love smoked meat. which was shocking, but not as shocking as how casually Las Vegas residents just went about their day in that heat. It was like... They were like, let's play frisbee! Time to walk the dog! I was like, get inside! The earth is on fire! Get inside and beg for God's forgiveness! You've obviously angered him! That's why Vegas is called Sin City. It's the same temperature as hell. I have a friend from Vegas. I told him it was 114. He goes, that's nothing. I'm like, no, that's something. That's actually the temperature you boil water at. He's like, it's not that bad. Not if you're making ramen. He's like, that's our summer. That's not summer. Summer is when you barbecue on a grill, not the sidewalk so weird to be places where summer is the enemy i was like in the southwest they talk about summer like it's an ex-lover they never want to see again we gotta get out of here before summer gets here <laughs> last year i couldn't leave my house when summer was here you ever notice the further north you go the more obsessed people are with summer like I, in february i was in bangor maine and everyone was talking about summer. Everyone I met, they're like, "You gotta come back during summer. You gotta come back." Which is a strange way to greet someone. Hi, how are you? Come back later. <laughs> and it was everyone. You gotta come back during summer. You gotta. Um, yeah, but I'm here now. <laughs> Just make sure you come back. I, I didn't want to come the first time. <laughs> But I love how northern cities sell summer. Summer here is unbelievable. It's perfect. For one twelfth of the year, it's ideal. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a tundra filled with alcoholism and depression. <laughs> but for those 13 odd days, that's worth it.
4: Old people will weather. Oh, oh, it's too warm for me. Oh, oh, it's warm. I, I like it warm, but I don't like it this warm. It's too warm. You know, there's warm and there's warm. Oh, I'm sweating cobs. What? I cobs. I'm ringing, I'm wet through, look at me. Oh, it's sticky weather, it's sticky. <laughs> Clammy, I can't get me breath. Go! <laughs> it's called summer, I'm a cellar. Oh, shut the bill, f- yeah. <laughs> Yes, Mr. Peter Kaye, following on from Jim Gaffigan, a very funny man indeed, about the hot weather and summer. Time to say hello again to Tara Walker, Chef Tara Walker, in her wonderful kitchen today. And I'm not saying anything out of turn here, but you know how you and I love Italy. And today is probably my favourite day to be here because it's
5: Caprizi Salad, (laughs) Tara. And, Jerry, with your own tomatoes. <laughs>
4: yes, the Marmand the yeah. Marmand tomatoes. And you have a link with these tomatoes going back oh. in your life, haven't you?
5: Well, I did do a school term in France near the town of Marmande. That's where I first tasted these tomatoes and I was just blown away by the flavor of them like they're just incredible now obviously these are not the tomatoes that are used in a caprese salad because that's not what's grown there but i suppose ultimately like if you have a freshly grown you know a homegrown tomato like this you're not going to turn it down you know Mm. so this is absolutely beautiful thank you very much for bringing it out to me so i'm just layering up some slices of the tomato here look how juicy it is i just dropped a bit because it's so juicy (laughs) and with a little bit of mozzarella so this is the irish mozzarella from aldi um, it has a shorter shelf life on it than others but it's worth it and it is a little bit more expensive but the flavour from it is absolutely gorgeous. Now I wouldn't put it say on a pizza or something, it's not worth spending the extra on that. But for a salad like this where you just want great flavour to sing, it's a great one to go with. So I'm just layering it around as you can see I have a slice of tomato, a slice of the mozzarella, a slice of tomato, a slice of mozzarella. Just going around and so on and so forth until you have your whole plate filled up. There we go. It's such a simple little salad, this. And when you're in Italy, you might have noticed this yourself. I know we've both been to Sorrento lots of different times. And when you're in Italy, they tend to, you can have it with avocado, you can have prosciutto, whatever. So I'm going to bulk it out a little bit today, which is not like a typically caprese salad. But I'm going to just pop a little bit of parma ham with it, just to bulk it out a little bit. Obviously you can just have it as a full-on salad or a side salad, but I actually love popping a bit of parma ham on it and serving it with some garlic bread or crostini or something like that as a light summer meal. Um, So that's what I'm going to do today. So I have all this layered around, my tomato and my mozzarella, and now I'm going to just add a little bit of my dressing, which is very simply just some nice balsamic vinegar and some olive oil drizzled over.
4: And that dressing is simple as that. And again, the olive oil, you're using a good quality olive oil here.
5: Yes, I'm actually using an Italian olive oil. Um, I bought an Aldi a little while ago. It's from Tuscany though, so it's a lot further north than Sorrento. But just, a, it's a really good grassy flavour. So nice and generous with that. You can use lemon juice as well if you want, but I like this balsamic vinegar. Again, it's from Aldi. Just a nice drizzle of that. And you can see I'm not drizzling over the ba- basil i'm putting it on before i put the basil on just in case it starts to kind of wilt the basil a little bit and then some nice parma ham. so parma ham, obviously not from capri the island of capri where this salad gets its name from but it's a lovely little way of bulking out the flavor um, in a caprese salad so
4: it's the most beautiful flavor isn't, isn't it, it as gorgeous?
5: well and then i just tear it like this and i put it into nice little kind of Clumps, for want of a nicer word, in the centre of it. And then I also have some lovely Italian olives as well, black olives, and I'm going to pop them on. So it's a caprese salad that has been bulked up a little bit with a few other ingredients just to turn it into more of a meal.
4: And that's the thing about it. You know, if you're having the traditional caprese, which is just the tomatoes, the mozzarella, the dressing, and, of course, the basil on it, that's a lovely starter in itself. But you are now creating something... That can be a main here.
5: Exactly, exactly. And I regularly do have this in the summer months with a nice crostini, as I say, or mm. even a little um, bruschetta or something like that. And I sometimes I put avocado in as well. I'm not going to do that because we had avocado in our salad last week. But I think it's absolutely gorgeous to add those bits and bobs in. But you still kind of have your main caprese flavours. You know, your tomatoes and your basil and your mozzarella are still the stars of the show here.
4: And in go the olives, or some people call them washers. I used to hear a say, saying, will you take them washers off that dish? You know, what? when you slice the olive, it's like a washer, a black washer.
5: DIY term. Yes, oh yes, <laughs> Sorry, yes. that was a real moment. Yes, a <laughs> DIY term, Tara, yes. I was thinking of a washing machine. That's why I was like, what? <laughs> no, I used to yes. know somebody who
4: said that, will you take them <laughs> washers away? Because they just didn't like the olives. And so for some people, olives are not their taste. We no, know that. No, I know,
5: I know. But I have, and I actually th- tried this, When I was about 16 with my friend, apparently if you eat 10 olives in a row, if you don't like them, you'll like them by the time you've eaten 10. So the first four or five, you're kind of like, oh, God. And then as you continue to eat them, that little umami flavor kicks in and you start to love them.
4: There's a tip for you now to have you all loving your olives from here on in. (laughs) Ten is the number and you must eat the ten of them and they're yours then for life. Do you know something? That looks marvellous. And basil, The
5: basil is beautiful, isn't it? Doesn't it smell absolutely gorgeous. So let's have a little taste. Oh,
4: for sure. So Tara is kindly organising a portion of the caprese from here and it has everything on the plate. So basil leaf, both types of tomatoes a little bit of mozzarella and a tiny bit of parmesan hold on there's a lot going on here now here we go mm. you should never speak with your mouth full but please excuse me that is just the business isn't it it's
5: gorgeous isn't it absolutely delicious and if you have a little bit of bruschetta or something there to soak up the juices at the end just lovely mm.
4: and i have to say the bulking out is a very very good idea to bring it mainstream again for you. But you can have the tricolore, as they say, which is the traditional salad with the green, red and white, the Italian
5: flag. Exactly, exactly. And look, that is a more authentic way to have it. But you will see all over the Amalfi Coast and in Capri that they do actually add a lot of other bits to it to turn it into a main course.
4: I'm back in Italy. Let me close my eyes. I'm with Tara Walker, chef here on the outskirts of the town of Drogheda, but I feel like I'm on the Amalfi Coast today. I think that's the best tribute I can pay you. Oh,
5: well, thank you very much. I'll take that as a compliment. And don't forget, you can find the recipe on my Instagram page, which is Tara Walker Chef. So just like and save it. If you want to make it another time, you'll be able to find it easily that way.
4: Brilliant, Tara. Another in the Summer Salad series. So simple, so tasteful. It's just simply beautiful. See you next time.
5: See you next time, Jerry. Good to see you as always.
0: was on the Isle of Capri that I found her, uh, beneath the shade of an old walnut tree, oh, I can still see the flowers blooming around her, uh, where we met on the Isle of Capri.
4: Yeah, Mr Frank Sinatra there, the Isle of Capri, to go with a Capri's salad. And I've been lucky enough to visit Capri myself. What a beautiful, beautiful island. Hope to come back or to go back sometime, please God. Now, just reminding you, Premier League live this weekend. You can listen here on LMFM, on lmfm.ie or on our LMFM app. And it's powered by TalkSport. Tomorrow, 12.30, Aston Villa, Everton. Three o'clock, Arsenal, Leicester, half five Brentford tick on Manchester United, Premier League live with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. Short break coming your way on late launch and afterwards, a friend of ours on the show. Yes, he joins us from time to time, particularly on World Record Day. Well, there's a special birthday at Classified Records happening this weekend. Neil Waters is with us next. Neil Waters, lovely to have you with us again and happy birthday.
6: Hi, Jerry. Good afternoon. Thanks very much.
4: How many years? Seven. Oh, seven candles on the cake to be blown out tomorrow. Neil, when you started seven years ago and you reflect on all that's happened in the world, which we'd mentioned before, my God, you've done well.
6: Yeah, you know, someone mentioned this week to me what, you know, the seven year
5: itch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so,
6: I think we've just gone beyond that now. I've itched, scratched <laughs> that itch now and uh, we sort of broke the back of. Uh, you know we 're not going away we yes. we, we, we do, you know let's go for another seven years while we 're at it
4: ah uh, good on you, Neil. Get that itch out of your mind altogether because you are so appreciated and valued look when you when you reflect and and, and think about where you are today, and of course, you have the celebration coming up. the resurgence i want to say it again the resurgence in vinyl ha- something we never expected
6: yeah it's it's a peculiar one, considering you know the digital age we live in. Uh, that people have uh, gladly and happily returned to the format of, of playing records. You know, because everything's on the cloud, everything's downloadable within seconds, you know. And the digital age, uh, it, 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 it defies logic, really, that records are so popular again. Mm. Um, you know, hype is a great thing. Um, there will also always be a natural interest in it. Mm. that will never go away and and like a tide it comes in and it goes out but yeah. it seems to be in most of the time now
2: <laughs> and long Not
4: may like, it stay yeah. may
6: it stay in Thank for you, you. Yeah.
4: um in terms of what's happening are you have you special offers on i take it for yeah. the weekend for the birthday
6: we do, you know. We're here every day, Jerry. You know, we we're not the so we're we're shop seven years old. So that's over two thousand days we've mm. been here for. You know, yes. we don't sell bootlegs. We don't make up the price when we see someone coming. We don't overcharge. We don't sort of uh, pick and discern our customers. If you ever have an issue with a record, we're always here as a kind of backup to give you your money back or to refund something. And I think as a standard retail shop, people should always remember that because you know we're here every day on the front lines doing this yeah. we don 't just turn up someday with a bit of a promotion campaign and then disappear again mm. you 've got that with a shop in every other shop, so at the weekend now here tomorrow as of t- this afternoon and tomorrow we 've just purchased uh, four or five different second hand record collections so we 've about two hundred brand new second hand records just been put out on the shelves i 've actually filled about eight bays full of records, all second-hand, all priced from, you know, two quid up to ten quid. And there is easily about 100, 130, 40 compilation albums, Joe. You remember the Now, That's What I Call Music? Yes. uh, Greatest Hits of 1987. And people love those budget records. And we're doing those at a fiver at the minute. And they're in mint condition, these things. They were part of a collection that had dust covers on them and they hadn't been played in 30 or 40 years. Mm. Literally found in the ground. And we took the covers off them and everything has been... They've been played once or twice in those records. So they're great prices and it's... Great timing for us, really. I need to have something to promote this weekend. I don't want to overdo it. It's only just a small celebration, but and we do love you coming on your show to give us the odd plug so I have a free record to give away as well Jerry. today
4: lovely so we what do, are you sorry, giving us we,
6: yeah, we do have a lot of stuff here yeah on the go this weekend at great prices what are you giving us what do you do you want yeah. to what, have, what, what have you a free record Jerry? it's a brand new shop sealed uh, it's called uh, it's Glen Campbell's The Very Best Of
4: oh jeepers yeah. I'll tell you what uh, yeah that is one fantastic because he was just the most brilliant man wasn't he
6: wasn't he yeah and he played in the, he played. Um, he played on "Pet Sounds" by the Beach Boys. You know, he's a big session yeah. musician, and this album's called "Gentle on My Mind." But it's Glen Campbell, the best of. So you can do what you like with. with well, your, well with I, your Listeners, well, you can well, give it away. Yes, and it's here, Jerry, next week for. for whoever.
4: And Neil will always honour that promise. So the question always. today for this brilliant Glen Campbell album is this probably his most famous song is called Rhinestone What I make it as easy as possible for you folks you know the way it is here I mean, softie. Rhinestone What was Glen Campbell's one, probably his biggest hit ever I'm looking for a word there 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text and we'll pick a winner and pass the details on to Neil and he'll stick it in the post you arrange for it to what? collect it or whatever just let, tell me this um, in terms of what's hot in vinyl at the moment what's the big demand for album-wise? Who do people want
6: on vinyl? Well, again, you know, this recent interest in in Stranger Things has brought Kate Bush and Metallica back up to the top of the charts. Mm. But there's all... all, Hip-hop is always... um, You know, there's always something out in hip-hop. You're generally new music, yeah? People will always like Pink Floyd. People, I sold two Led Zeppelin albums today. You'll always sell those. Amy Winehouse. There are records that literally, when people buy out a turntable it's like your bucket list, mm. you know, and we probably all, you could if we all named 30 or 40 albums, we'd probably all have about 10 or 20 albums that we all love. Sgt. Pepper, Abbey Road, you know, there's quite a lot of music there that we can all agree and say they're essential to having a record collection if you're building one. So there's nearly too many records, Jerry, titles to pick, and we've sold thousands of records here in, in the seven years, and I've actually done my figures, and I think Amy Winehouse is definitely in the top 3 sellers of records we've sold in here. Ah, and that's surprising. Yeah, and because she's timeless, you yes, know. Yes. She, she, she appeals to the older people because she sounds like she based her career on Billie Holiday. Yeah. She she died at 27. She's in that club. Mm. She's infamous and and yet she's still young still.
4: Yeah, it's not surprising to me Anyway, have to leave it there Happy birthday to you Neil Classified Records The Domain Dundalk Open this evening And tomorrow Get in and celebrate with Neil Thank you so much Thanks Sherry Take care And Louise, if you're ready there Maybe you'd give our TV theme a little spin
1: Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm
7: it's all you never saw been in trouble with
4: Ah, oh, Classic Louise. Do you remember it? Did you ever watch it, even the repeats?
2: Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Everybody loved it, didn't they? Everybody I, loved it.
4: I really do think it was so fondly held in so many people's hearts. The Dukes of Hazard, of course. Who could ever forget Miss Catherine Bach playing Daisy mm. Duke? Oh my, oh my. Who did you love? Who were your favorite characters?
2: I can only remember I know the car was the General and yeah. the two boys, but I can only remember one of their names was Bo. Luke. Luke, Luke. 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 Luke was, was the, the other lad. Night,
4: yeah. It? Luke was. Luke was the other fella. And Uncle Jess. And no. Yeah. Sheriff Roscoe. Sheriff. Roscoe. Remember
2: him yeah, and Boss saying.
4: Hog, with the cigar. <laughs> Do you remember Boss Hog? Yeah, he was there as well. Oh, what a classic series. Anyway, Catherine McGurk, well done to you. You recognise Dukes of Hazard, and we have a nice little prize on its way to you as we speak. Now, Louise, started off today talking to Sandra Finnegan and yourself and myself. We were ch- chatting about what you would or wouldn't bring on holidays. There's another one there. Just come in in the last while. Jerry. I always bring tea bags and go. my mug or I'll buy a mug there. There you go. haven't been anywhere for three years. So hopefully we'll get I back to I land soon. That in. Did you not? No. I'm just looking at the number. <laughs> there yeah. is
2: another one out there then.
4: Ah, uh, there isn't there is another one out there. And they're hoping to get back to Lanzarote soon and I hope you do and enjoy it. But there were other things coming in as well that people bring. I can't believe this one. Go on.
2: Angela. Fair <laughs> Go play on. to you. I never thought of the Soft toilet roll. Angela. <laughs>
4: oh listen. Your bum and is Manny everything. Oh, uh, listen, to the bring. care of your bum is everything. We understand, Angela. And you're right. Uh, you don't want Uffig uh, on uh, toilet paper. Did they ever tell you about that? Uffig uh, It used mm-hmm. to be the toilet paper in the civil service if you worked there. And it wasn't toilet paper. It was more like, um, you know, that paper, parchment paper. <laughs> <sighs> it was like parchment paper. It was. Angela, you're, you're so right. What else, Louise. Oh, somebody else?
2: said that they just always, um, you know, leave their inflatables and buckets and spades behind when they go so that another child ah, arriving can, yes. can use them.
4: That's good. I, I, we like that yeah. indeed. And as for the talcum powder, I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. No way. It. Who sent that in to us?
2: David said his daughter used to eat it. Talcum powder? Uh-huh.
4: <gasps> no, not good. Not good, I'd say. But honestly...
2: But the things kids eat, it's probably up there with the, oh, with say, the best. You're <laughs> right,
4: you are, you are so right. That That is so true. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's bring the curtain down on Late Lunch on this, this week. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Yes, yeah, Spice Girls this week. I'm getting a bit of stick about this. They were phenomenal. They really were. More recently, Melanie Brown, Emma Bunton and Jerry Halliwell, without the other two, released a video, yes, in 2016, quite recently, celebrating the 20th anniversary of Wannabe. If you roll on three years from there to 2019, and with Melanie Chisholm now on board as a four-piece, they set off on a tour of the UK and Ireland. Beginning, They began a, a previous big tour years earlier at Dublin in Dublin at Crow Park and did the same in 2019 and they finished up with three nights at Wembley in June of 19 700,000 people attended those concerts generating income of 78 million it was a huge success and proved that the Spice Girls still had pulling power. It's believed that each of them actually were paid £12 million for the tour. A snip to Victoria Beckham, obviously, who declined to join the others. And just last October, uh, the re-release of the album Spice to mark its 25th anniversary made it to number three on the UK album charts. So the story rolls on. Watch this space. Today, to finish off, it's the second single from their debut album and a song that's come out Time and time again, top of the pops in polls of their favorite all time songs. Here it is, just for you on Late Lunch today. Nice girls, my artist of the week this week on Late Lunch. Happy music, joyful music for sure and mega they were and continue to be big in the eyes of their fans. Many, many fans indeed. And I'll bring you a new artist or artist of the week on Late Lunch next week. Final break of today and the week and up next, as is usual on Friday on the show, David Sheehan looks ahead to the sporting weekend. David Sheehan standing by to talk sport. Hello, David. Hey, Jerry, How are you doing? Oh, yeah, have you there? Thanks, David. Thanks for joining us again. Let's get quickly to business. League of Ireland tonight. Bohemians Dundalk at Daily Mount Park. Dundalk haven't won there since 2019. Just heard Colin mention it there. with nine new signings. Dundalk with a few of their own as well. How do you see this one panning out?
8: Yeah, I think Dundalk, you know, they really need to to win this one. Um if you look at the table, like they're 6 points behind Shamrock Rovers. Now they've played a game more, but they still have to play Shamrock Rovers. And as we know Shamrock Rovers have their European commitments, like don't don't be under any illusion. Stephen O'Donnell is still fighting for this title as Kevin Keegan famously said many years ago. So I I think Dundalk have to win this one tonight. Bohemians are so inconsistent this season. They're up and down. They beat Drahada a few weeks ago and it was the first time they'd won back to back all season. So uh, I think Dundalk are going to have to win this one to keep the, the pressure on rowers and I, I think they will just about win this one, yeah. Now
4: Drogheda went to Harps. You predicted they'd get something last week. They were kicked out of the place. They were absolutely brutal by all reports. This is an important game tonight because I would not write Finn Harps or Oli off uh, that they might not catch Drahada.
8: No, you couldn't ever write Ben Harps off. They got something last week, all right, as I predicted. They got a bit of a beating, but uh, <laughs> they were really poor last week. Kevin already was very annoyed afterwards. It's the most annoyed I've seen him all season uh, because they didn't perform, Jerry. like I've seen Johada pretty much every game this season, and they've always performed. Whether they get the result or not is another story, but they've always put in a shift, and they've always been in a performance. They just didn't show up last week. I don't know whether they just thought they were going to come away with a handy point or a handy three points, but they certainly got run ragged, particularly by Ar- Eric Mack Woods. Look at Shelburne. They're away form. They're the third best away uh, team in the in the league. Only Derry and Shamrock Rovers have a better away, away record than Shelburne. So, tonight's going to be a tough one. I think Drogheda really need to produce a, a response to that performance last week. I think they will. Uh, I, whether they get the win or not it's going to be a tough one. I think they'll probably... You know, the, the smart money would be on a draw there. But they certainly absolutely need to produce a performance tonight because as you mentioned UCD playing Finn Harps tonight as well so that's a, a six pointer Drahada need to just steady the ship after that performance I think they will and I think they'll just uh, get a point out of this one
4: and of course both games uh, live on LMFM.ie on the app or online David Drahada and uh, Adrian Taff at the Bowles Dundalk game let's look at well when you look at the Premier League games there's really one standard game and let's just talk about that one it's Chelsea against Spurs Conte going back to his old stomping ground. Chelsea, well what do you say about them? This is intriguing this match.
8: It is and I mean, you know, I don't know if you'd you'd make Spurs favourites for this one because um, it wouldn't be normal for them to be going to Stamford Bridge as favourites, but they've had a much better off-season. Clearly there's been an awful lot of turmoil at Chelsea on and off the field, particularly off it, um, with new owners coming in and everything else and, and, you know, Thomas Tuchel doesn't seem particularly happy with the squad he has. Spurs, on the other hand, they got their business done fairly early, they brought in a few new additions uh, to, to bolster their squad and uh, particularly Richarlison up front to back up Harry Kane and we all heard the horror stories about players throwing up and everything on the side of the pitch in pre-season so Conte has them fit as as fleas, you can be sure of that going to be a really intriguing game as you said I think Spurs are going to sneak this one and I I think they're in for a really good season don't think they'll be troubling the the top two spots but I certainly expect them to be really strong this year Spurs and I, I think they'll take all three points against Chelsea on Sunday
4: now, the Mean Senior Hurling Championship uh, this weekend, the pick-out fixture is, of course, Trim against Re- told the repeat of the 2020 final, but it took place much later than 2020.
8: Yeah, it took place in the, in, in autumn 2021, and then they, they met each other in the first round of the following year's championship about three weeks later. So uh, they're very familiar with each other, these two sides. Trim have won two of their first three games, uh, we're told they've won one of theirs and drawn one, so uh, two points between them in the table. I mean, the likely is both of these sides will probably come out of the group. Uh, it's on in Park Talton on Sunday. The weather's due to break tomorrow, so we mightn't. We mightn't have the sunshine. I'm going to be there myself. I'm hoping the weather might hold on until then, but it looks like it's going to be a little bit wet. But yeah, that's uh, the game, one of the games we've got live on Sunday Sport on Sunday, should be a cracking game.
4: And you are there on Sunday Sport, as you mentioned. Just go back to the soccer for a second. I, I just see in the list here is one I just want to mention, and it's uh, the battle of last week's. First uh, weekend losers, Aston Villa and Everton. And, of course, two fellas who dominated the playing scene for years, Steven Gerrard at Villa and Frank Lampard at Everton. Already this game has significance for both of them.
8: Oh, absolutely, Jerry. I mean, it the, the talk for years with Lampard and Gerrard was they couldn't play in the same team together for England. Well, they may not both be able to manage in the same division for very much longer because Gerrard, I think, is already under pressure. At Aston Villa, not just to lose last weekend to Bournemouth, the manner of the performance, they were really disjointed and was listening to an Aston Villa fan on one of the shows during the week. And he just said they didn't know what they, they didn't look like they knew what they were doing. Uh, he lost the coach in the offseason, Stephen Gerrard, and maybe the guy that's come in hasn't uh, really cut the mustard just yet. But yeah, Lampard as well at Everton, they brought in a few new players this week. Connor Cody's come in from Wolves and and that, so it's it's, it's not quite a six-pointer, but... If Aston Villa were to lose again, uh, especially being at home, I think the pressure would be on Gerrard. And I know I tipped Southampton last week to go down, but I think Aston Villa could be in a bit of trouble this year as well. And Gerrard, I wouldn't be surprised if Jared's the first one to go. It's going to be an intriguing battle, 12.30 tomorrow morning. Tomorrow uh, afternoon, I should say. And
4: when he came in, you know, fanfare and lifted them and everything. It's funny, mm. isn't it, with uh, sport, and especially at that level in the Premier League. There's little tolerance for even a dip early on. You're, you're, you're mm. next on the line, David.
8: Absolutely. And I mean... If you look at Jared since he come in, I mean, there's never really been a time where they were flying it, you know. Um, mm. And they, they came in and he did okay. And then towards the end of last season in particular, the signs were there. They really tailed off. And as I saw somebody point out during the week, Rangers have gone from strength to strength since Giovanni van Bronckhorst has come in. So, you know, maybe Jared's reputation is preceding him a little bit falsely here. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how his, how his career goes.
4: David, uh, thank you very much for joining us on the show as usual. Talk to you a week today. Take care thanks Jerry bye bye David Sheehan there our presenter of Sunday Sport and he's in Park Talton as you mentioned there this Sunday for the big game in the Mead Senior Hurling Championship Trim against Rithoth and those games tonight in the League of Ireland online lmfm.ie or the app you can listen to both of the boys there bringing you the action as it unfolds and Premier League We always mention it. You can listen to those big games tomorrow, three games on LMFM tomorrow afternoon on the app again or on lmfm.ie. That's our lot for another week here on Late Lunch. I want to say a big thank you to our guests who joined us every day and to you, our listeners, who are with us each single day. Uh, We love your company, love your interaction with us as well, and thanks to everybody who texts us in, WhatsApp us in, enters the competitions. You're fantastic, really. Anyway, the weekend is to be good. I know David Sheen said there it might break tomorrow. No, I think it'll be Sunday anyway, and maybe Sunday at midnight to get us right through the weekend. Have a lovely weekend. Enjoy this wonderful weather. Do take care. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us, and we'll be back Monday one thirty to start off a brand new week of late lunch in your company. Hopefully uh, on Monday again. Have a nice weekend. Take care of yourself. See you. Bye. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you,
3: or book a new showroom appointment on 237